Hello and welcome back to Walk the Cinema Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be covering Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. But first, a word from our sponsor. I must say, this was a really nice welcome back from, like, watching all the Oscar nominations right. this year. It it kind of feels like a comfort movie to me, hmm. right already off the bat. So, just to kind of give you, like, a, a, a synopsis, if you guys haven't seen it... It's basically these two young adult kind of people that have been, they're both married. Right. And they find out that their spouses are having an affair with each other. With each other. And the kind of ensuing relationship that they kind of build after right. finding out this. Which is very unique and very complicated. And yeah. I think that's Wong Kar Wai's style in general from what I've seen. I haven't seen all of his movies, but I've seen... A handful, all his popular ones at least, and he always does these hard to follow. Well, they're not hard to follow, but they're hard to understand emotionally. Relationships because I don't know. Like I understand that the man fell in love with her, mm-hmm. but I feel like emotionally I couldn't connect to it. Mm. That like, that might be the problem that I have with it because I do think this is the first Wong Kar Wai movie that I have seen, um, and it has a it, like you said it has a lot of complicated emotions and it's not necessarily something that I can relate to. Right, like I understand them, I understand what's happening. I just doesn't mean I understand why they're developing. Right, which is fine. Like that's emotions, right? Mm-hmm. They're not logical. Yeah, it's just a really interesting concept because they, they see each other in passing all the time because they're next door neighbors and you see these little tidbits and moments of, of the other neighbors asking about each other's respective spouses like, mm-hmm. oh, when's your husband coming home? Oh, we didn't see your wife leave this morning. Like, where was she? All this kind of stuff. And then they kind of figure out that or they notice that um, Every time you, one goes missing, the other one goes, too. Yeah. And then they kind of take notice of, like, other things. So our female character notices that her husband has the same tie mm-hmm. that our male character has. And he notices that his wife has the same handbag. Right. And they're in Japan at the same time for the same length of time. Yeah. They figure it out. Yeah, very, pretty easily. We figure it out, too. They don't, they don't spell it out. The movie doesn't spell it out. Uh because we don't really see their spouses in this we don't at all. see we don't see the husband at all and yeah. we see like the back of the head of the wife mm-hmm. so I feel like that goes like they could have shown the spouse that'd be fine but not showing it goes to show the isolation mm-hmm. that both of these characters feel where they don't even see their own spouses yeah. so why would we as the viewer see the spouses right yeah I think that's a clever way of showing that yeah. Because you could show the spouses, the the movie would be as good, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's it's a little clever, a little tidbit of not showing them because their own spouses don't see them. Yeah, they don't see them because they leave before they wake up. They get home, they're already asleep. Yeah, it's all that stuff. And they're just alone. They they don't have anyone. Yeah. They're they're new to the building. They both move there. And the living situation is kind of hard to understand because it's Hong Kong. Yeah. It's still to this day like a really messy place situation. to live because the, the the prices are 
crazy and you gotta share houses and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to understand from our perspective. Yeah, that is probably the hardest thing to, like, grasp about this movie. Right. But they develop, like, this relationship where they're trying to figure out how their spouse's affair started. So they'll kind of, like, act out the scenarios in which they think happened. Yeah, it's really weird. And, you know, they'll, they'll like, run it again. That's kind of, it's kind of comedic in that sense where... Yeah, but it's still weird, but it's, like, emotional. And I understand how hard it is for them. But it's so weird as, like, a third person watching them do it. Yeah. It's, like, it's such a personal thing, right? It's so, like, something that you don't see people do. Like, that's the type of thing you do behind closed doors. Yeah, where you're running the scenario in your head over and over again, but you don't, like, make that privy to... You don't drag somebody else into it. And you don't, you yeah. know, put it on display. But they keep they make sure that other people don't see them together because they don't want the perception that they're the ones having an affair. Right. Which is, I mean, kind of what you get, right? Like, you see them kind of growing closer, mm-hmm. maybe falling in love. The man definitely falls in love. And she does, too. I mean, he moves to Singapore and she calls. She and tries then, to follow him, but she's too late. Yeah, that, too. And then she calls and just doesn't say anything like a year after he moved. So she's still hung up on him. But she's also dealing with the realization that her husband is cheating on her. And that's really hard for her. Yeah. I think it might be harder for her than for him. I think so. I think because like, and I don't, I don't begin to understand like these characters' emotions in depth because I, I don't really know if we're supposed to. But she also deals with juggling an affair with her boss we see that her boss is the one that kind of help or makes her help plan when he sees his wife and when he sees his mistress Mm -hmm. and like make sure that they each get a gift when it's appropriate and covers for him yeah we also get the connections with the ties yeah that all the cheating men seem to get ties as gifts in the business world of Hong Kong in the 2000s. And that uh, he can get the mistress and the wife the same present mm-hmm. because who's going to Yeah, there's a lot of that care. like emotional distance from the cheater. Yeah. Where he's just using both people, manipulating, and like the, the main man's wife does the same thing where she gets both her lovers the same tie. Yeah. And- which is so sad. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the same thing that the the guy gets his lovers, the purse, the purses. Yeah. So, yeah. it's it, it is sad to think about. And there's like moments where I'm not like fully underst. I don't fully understand the emotional connection behind it to the story, where like we do see our main character's wife very. We see her, but we don't see her face. Where she's crying in the shower. Mm-hmm. After, you, you can hear, like, a little brief conversation that she had with her lover about uh, maybe they shouldn't see each other until he talks to his wife. So, kind of, like, a, maybe planning that they're going to leave each right. other's spouses. Which she... Her, hers and... Well, we're not using names here, because they use Mr. and Mrs. so much, it would be even more confusing. Yeah. But the main guy and his wife do go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And it and it seems like I think it's Mister and Missus Chan are the one are the woman couple and her her mm-hmm. husband. Just too complicated yeah. to to 
But they they seem to stay together at least for a while. But then it seems that at some point after they have a kid, he is no longer in the picture, mm-hmm. which is shittier. Yeah, yeah, it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. But I think that that's kind of that does kind of portray a very realistic scenario where mm-hmm. like even if you do get i think a lot of women when they do get cheated on they still give the man a second chance mm-hmm. and it shows that a lot of people to this day have children as a way to resolve marital problems yeah doesn't work no. makes them worse most of the time yeah but she, i feel like having children isn't like a, a walk in the park that I feel can like fix she, your marriage i feel like she's emotionally already moving on from him even though she doesn't leave him because she acts it out with her neighbor and cries on his shoulder multiple times about it yeah so i think she's emotionally prepared to leave it even if it hurts her a lot but she's not the one that leaves it's a very complicated relationship but it's portrayed like so beautifully and I mean, the movie is super stylistic. Very. With all the slow motion shots that always play that little song jingle that all the YouTubers and TikTokers use in their compilations and yeah. analysis of the movie. Because it's a movie that's been analyzed a lot, shot for shot, which it deserves. It's a, it's a movie that's held to a very high regard in all like the director polls, the critic polls, that type of stuff, the lists. Yeah. Even on Letterbox, it's like super high up, the two fifty, like in the top fifty. Yeah, I think. It, I think it is. I think it's number thirty eight. That's crazy high. The movie's really good, but it's, it's on. I think it's number five on the Sight and Sound. It's pretty high up on Sight and Sound too. As as from an American perspective, Wong Kar Wai is like one of the most recognizable foreign directors. Yeah. Especially on like artsy groups, mm-hmm. artsy film groups, everyone loves him. Some people love him for. Chunking Express, which is... I love Chunking Express, too. I think In the Mood for Love is a lot more mature and adult. Mm. I like it less, but I, I, I realize that it's more targeted towards me right. emotionally. I feel like this movie gives me very similar vibes to how I feel when I watch Roman Holiday, which is kind of weird, because they're very... They're different. Like, one's a comedy... Mm-hmm. one's a drama right but it just kind of gave me very similar vibes for some reason and the fact that there's not really like a happy ending it's kind of a bittersweet ending is kind of i think what draws me to it but it's kind of like a a comforting film where it's not super dramatic it kind of just plays the facts for what they are right it's not there's no like outward anger really sadness like sure she cries but it's not like that's what drives her yeah that's not that's not how the character is written as the woman that's always sad and crying because her husband's cheating she's still a, a, a complex person, person yeah. with a lot of emotions a lot of like she doesn't like to cook for herself because she feels lonely if she does that yeah so she goes out to eat like that's that's a complicated emotion that a real human would have. Yeah. And not a woman that's at home crying. That's a very simplistic view. This movie's super well written. It's super well directed. The editing is not like my favorite thing. Like the slow motion stuff? Or? It's not the slow motion stuff. There's some like lagging 
footage that's not slow motion, mm. but it feels like it kind of like drags, and I feel like it's very two thousands. But everything, but those are like minor, right? Everything else is really well put together. Yeah. And the music choices, there's like three songs or two songs that it uses, and they're both like kind of catchy, but not like overwhelming. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned while we were watching that he like just uses the same two songs, but it's not an annoying thing like mm-hmm. how it is in, in the original Top Gun. Right, that was terrible. <laughs> there's a lot of movies that like use the same song or whatever over and over. Like, I know people criticized the new version of All Quiet on the Western Front because they didn't like the the song mm-hmm. the heavy synth song mm-hmm. i like it but it does use it over and over and this does too but since they're like kind of love ballads yeah or like the spanish love ballad one that one goes over real smooth especially if you don't understand what he's saying you don't even know if it's the same song or the same part of the song because yeah you're just, just kind of listening to the music yeah you're listening to a spanish guy saying I agree. Like, I didn't really... I think I think it was, like, a nice element. And I didn't find it annoying, you know? No, they're definitely recognizable. Like, every time they come on, you're like, oh, that's a song again, but not in a bad way. Yeah. And I think it does that with every movie. Like, California Dreaming and Shunking Express. Yeah. Which everyone mentions, and everyone mentions the music for this when they're doing their little edits. I must say, I, like, haven't watched anything about this movie, so... Uh, this is like completely. You wanted a new to watch experience. it, yeah, yeah. This was definitely we made like a list of ten movies, new movies that we wanted to watch this year, ones that you know we have had on our list for a while, mm-hmm. and then we had like a couple rewatches that we've been meaning to get to, and this was one of one of the movies on my list because I've seen it, so, uh, I've seen like the poster so much, and it just kind of seemed like it would be a mm-hmm. movie I wouldn't completely hate, and it's kind of. <laughs> Like, on, on the top of a lot of lists and stuff. Right. So, it's like there's three Criterion versions of it. Yeah. They I keep was putting it out, and every time they put it out, people are like, I'm going to double dip and buy it again because I love <laughs> it so much. I will say that I was a little concerned that it would be a little too dramatic, especially with the topic that it deals with. You know, I don't particularly like cheating trope type stuff, even though this, I wouldn't say this is a trope, but I know that that is a trope for a lot of movies mm-hmm. and a lot of arcs and stuff yeah but this is not super smooth and like it just kind of feels like a slice of life type thing where and the characters are just so like their emotional depth is so well put together without being like obnoxious in your face like you gotta like really watch the movie you can't like passively yeah you can't be playing temple run or whatever (laughs) people play on their phones you gotta you gotta watch it to understand the emotions but it's also something if you do want to play Temple Run or Angry Birds, you still know what's happening in the movie. But you're just not going to get the same out of it, I think. But it's 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 a lovely movie, regardless. If you're paying a lot of attention to it, you're going to catch the details, you're going to catch the mise-en-scene is really well put together in this too. I love the, the costume design. She wears so many like beautiful dresses. Yeah. And I'm kind of jealous of his, like, tie that's, like, half brown, half white. Like, <laughs> that's a really cool tie. Uh, yeah, the character designs are really well put together. Like, she looks like a very classy lady Right, and, and from the they 60s. mention it, which, like, I thought of it as watching it multiple times. And, she, and they mention it, like, oh, she dresses up like that to go get noodles. 
that's the only way that she could feel good about herself. Yeah, because she's so alone. Right. She's got nothing else to do. She could devolve into nothing and wear pajamas at home, right? And just put on shoes and go get noodles every day because her husband's not there. Who cares? But that's not who she is. Yeah. And I will say that this movie feels kind of timeless. Like, it was... I think it came out in 2000, like the Mm -hmm. year 2000. It's set in the 1960s, but it feels very, like, ageless, kind of. Like, I can't pinpoint... I know you said, like, the the editing kind of feels a little 2000s-ish. Not overall. I think there's moments that definitely say that to me. Mm. But I think overall, like, it kind of feels like I can't pinpoint when this movie was made. You know? Like it just kind of feel it gives like an an air of 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 this could have been made any time. It could have. It's a story that's never gonna change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the chances that your next door neighbor is having an affair with your wife? Like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's unlikely, and that that part would change, yeah. I suppose. But overall, the emotions are not gonna change. Yeah. Ever and. You could have this in the the 2030s and it would be the same as it being in the 1960s. Yeah. Because we're human and the emotions are the same. Yeah. And we and we as the audience have the same types of questions that the characters have. Like, how did this start? How did their relationship even begin? Because from our knowledge and from their perspective, they're always gone. Right. And they're never at the... And the and, at the and the, house, movie, the movie doesn't delve into that because no. that's not that's, that's not, not what the it's, important part. It's not what's important to the characters at that point. Like if if you're being cheated on, it's the first thing you think. It's not how it started. It's like all the things like what's been a lie. Well, how do I go on from this? How do yeah. I handle it? How do I face them? Like that's more important than knowing what they're doing behind closed doors. Yeah. So the if I think the movie focuses on everything correctly. And it's so pretty and well put together. And the performances are so believable. While being, like, so smooth and, like, under... Stated? Yeah, understated. They feel human and they feel real and this feels... Yeah, timeless. Mm-hmm. So what did you give it? What was your rating? I'm between an 8 and a 9, really. I think this time I'll go with an 8. I wasn't super in the mood to watch it, mm. which I think is a curse of doing something like this, a podcast or movie criticism in general, because sometimes you got to watch movies because it's what you got to do. It's the vibe. And then the other times it's kind of like, yeah, sometimes something. like if you're home and you're bored and you put a movie, you're going to put a movie that you want to watch. Yeah. You're really feeling this time. It's not like I wasn't feeling it, whatever, but. It was the movie that we had to put out, or that we agreed to put out. Mm-hmm. So it was the movie that I had to watch. Not super in the mood, but I still enjoyed it a lot. It's still very good, obviously. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I gave this an eight um, this time. Uh, I do plan on watching it again in the future. I think that for me, the, I will get more out of it a second watch. I got more out of like Roman Holiday a second watch. And, you know, some other movies I'm sure I'll get more out of just based on, like, how I feel. But because, like, A, I didn't really know what type of vibe this movie was going to be. So now I kind of know what, like, mindset and Mm -hmm. what emotion I want to evoke 
while watching it a second time. So I think that 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 in and of itself will make it a little bit more enjoyable. But overall, it still feels like a comfort film, even though it deals with something that's not very comforting. But it is comforting that, like, you see these two people go through something that's not the ideal situation to be in. Right. And still end up okay. Like, even at the end of the day, both characters seem to be okay with their lives, even if they did miss the chance to be with each other. Yeah. They miss the chance to have an actual life with their spouses and then they also missed being with each other because of the timing yeah so but the, at the end of the movie it still feels like they both are at peace with where their life is yeah and i re- i would like to add that i really really like that they're not intimate at mm, all yeah i think that would have cheapened it yeah if they just like kissed and then said goodbye i feel like that would be worse than like never having it mm. it also feels like it's not that, like, they're better people than their spouses, but it also kind of feels a little bit more like... They are. They are. <laughs> like, they they still... They at least, up, like, held up their end of the vows that they took, even though they did kind of fall in love with another person, you know? But that was an accident, and that was because of the spouses. Yeah. That kind of brought them together because they're two lonely people living next to each other that have a lot in common. Yeah. One being that their spouses are... Yeah. The other one being they like noodles and... <laughs> and I, I feel kind of bad for Mr. Chow, our main character, because both of the girls that he um, loved at some point in his life got taken by the same man. <laughs> That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. That's like, a dang. tough one. <laughs> but overall, this movie I thought was really good. I... Well, I see why it's praised. It's very well done, very beautiful. It evokes a lot of emotions. And I do look forward to seeing it again at some point in the future. But do you have any other thoughts on this movie? No, it's just... I understand if this is your favorite movie of all time, right? Yeah. It's not mine. But it's really good. And I wouldn't even debate that it is one of the best movies of all time. Mm. Just not my favorite. Yeah. Agreed. But I think that that is all that we have for this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a comment if you can, if you're listening on a platform that allows that. And we will see you next time. We have a lot of stuff coming out that we're excited about. So we'll see you then.